welcome everyone to Understanding the I Am That Is You podcast. Yay! Blessed night, family of light. It's your girl, Wynn Ruffin. And I pray all is well with everyone tonight. And your hearts and minds are full of love, joy, and compassion for all of your sisters and brothers in spirit. And let us all be firm and determined, regardless of negative circumstances and appearances, to represent the love and light of the living God within us by being a beacon of love and hope to those ones so desperately in need. Most of us have eyes to see, and we all have hearts to feel, and we know where love and hope is needed, which is everywhere, yet some places more than others. So it is a must that we express the love and light that dwells within us, lending a helping hand for the benefit of all humanity, whenever, wherever, or however we can, but never to the detriment of any. And if all the countries in the world and all the citizens of this earth will play their parts in contributing with love to improve the quality of life for everyone, Mother Earth and all creation, and establish and enforce equal rights and justice wherever necessary, then there is no reason on this earth for any one of us in this world, any of the children of the living God, to go lacking in anything required or be forced to live in inhumane or unsustainable conditions. Because the great I Am Spirit that hovers over us and dwells within all of us is the power to supply all the earth and her citizens comfortably from generation to generation when first we give obedience to life by living in love and maintain harmony amongst ourselves. However, I must say, in the state of humanity right now, there's a lot of work to be done, so our generation may not see it in full force. Yet, here we are, by the grace of God, the generation to get it started. So let all of us joyfully lead the way, out of the third and into the fourth, for the future of our children and grandchildren and those generations to come. Amen. Give thanks and praises for love and life, and y'all be loved. I bring you greetings from the great host of light who watch attentively the outpouring of divine radiance, whose great love, peace, and light always enfold you, as messengers of the light, giving always strict obedience to the great light. Obedience of all manifestation is the first demand of the great host. When the command went forth, let there be light, obedience was the first activity, consequently limitless light was at hand. It is so with all outer activity of the one active principle, God. The first activity of the outer should be to give perfect obedience to that inner presence. Thus is it enabled to receive harmoniously the unadulterated pure essence, and so it should be with friends, with relatives, with associates, and with all outer contact of individuals. There should always be this wondrous grace of love, light, and obedience. It matters not the age of the individual. Still the outer expression often, for its need is obedience to the great inner light. When the impulse surges forth to argue, criticize, or feel a resistance, it is your signal that the outer is intruding itself to demand attention. 
Then is the time, by the power of your free will, to command the outer to be silent and obey the I am presence. It is useless to argue any point. Silence the outer, and then in loving obedience, give the instruction. In this way it can come forth unobstructed. I am the obedient, intelligent activity in this mind and body, I am the governing power and do govern it harmoniously. It matters not upon what plane or in what sphere of activity the Son of God, that is, the Son or Daughter of God, acts, obedience to its laws, or the divine laws of the sphere in which he is acting is always imperative to his steady, onward progress. Every student should constantly use, many times a day, for it only requires a minute, and silently declare, I am the invincible guard, established, sustained and maintained over my mind, my body, my home, my world, and my affairs. Keep conscious that this guard, being the I am presence, naturally has infinite intelligence. This will establish an intelligent guard and activity about you that does not have to be constantly repeated. Again we come to the point where every time we use the expression I or I am, we know that it is the full power of love, wisdom, and intelligence acting. Use frequently, I am the full liberation of divine love acting. I would suggest that the students, with great joy and firmness, after having refreshed themselves in the morning, would silently declare, knowing that the power of the declaration is sustained, I am the governing love, wisdom, and power, with its attendant intelligent activity which is acting today in every single thing that I think or do. I command this infinite activity to take place every moment and be the sustaining guard about me, that I move, speak, and act only in divine order. Then during the day, whenever you think of it, take the firm consciousness, I am the commanding, governing presence, moving everywhere before me during the day, commanding perfect peace and harmony and all activity. In this manner you will lock the door open for the continuous outpouring of this inner intelligent presence, which will transform your world and keep you from contacting inharmony of any kind, enabling you to have that steady flow of inner peace and harmony in all outer contact. It matters not what the manifestation may be within the body or without, the student must take his firm stand that his body is the temple of the Most High Living God. This is an unquestionable truth, and this attitude consciously maintained will more rapidly bring the body into the perfect activity which was intended from the beginning. I tell you that no matter what appears on the surface, if you will continually, with firm determination, claim the quality, condition, or things you desire, and go right on claiming them with that firm determination, they will find expression in your use as certain as you do this, but I cannot urge you too strongly always to keep on guard in this matter, for the outer, when you have tried a thing for a few hours, days or months, and it seems not to have appeared immediately, begins to say, it's no use, if it were going to act, it would have by this time. Such a thing as failure is absolutely impossible when you have set the power of the I am, God in you, in action to accomplish a given purpose, if you hold unwaveringly to it with determination. Beloved Saint Germain Isis Unveil, Chapter 13 The tree is known by its fruits. Side by side with passive mediums in the progress of the world's history, appear active mediators. We designate them by this name for a lack of a better one. The ancient witches and wizards, and those who had a familiar spirit, generally made of their gifts a trade, and the Obia woman of Endor, so well defined by Henry Moore, though she may have killed her calf for Saul, accepted hire from other visitors. 
In India, the jugglers, who by the way are less so than many a modern medium, and the SOA or sorcerers and serpent charmers of Asia and Africa, all exercise their gifts for money. Not so with the mediators, or hierophants. Buddha was a mendicant and refused his father's throne. The son of man had not where to lay his head, the chosen apostles provided neither gold, nor silver, nor brass in their purses. Apollonius gave one half of his fortune to his relatives, the other half to the poor, Iamblichus and Plotinus were renowned for charity and self-denial, the fakirs, or holy mendicants, of India are fairly described by Jacolio, the Pythagorean Essenes and Therapeuti believe their hands defiled by the contact of money. When the apostles were offered money to impart their spiritual powers, Peter, notwithstanding that the Bible shows him a coward and thrice a renegade, still indignantly spurned the offer, saying, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. These men were mediators, guided merely by their own personal spirit, or divine soul, and availing themselves of the help of spirits but so far as these remain in the right path. Far from us be the thought of casting an unjust slur on physical mediums. Harassed by various intelligences, reduced by the overpowering influence, which their weak and nervous natures are unable to shake off, to a morbid state, which at last becomes chronic, they are impeded by these influences from undertaking other occupation. They become mentally and physically unfit for any other. Who can judge them harshly when, driven to the last extremity, they are constrained to accept mediumship as a business? And heaven knows, as recent events have too well proved, whether the calling is one to be envied by anyone. It is not mediums, real, true, and genuine mediums that we would ever blame, but their patrons, the spiritualists. H.P. Blavatsky Plotinus, when asked to attend public worship of the gods, is said to have proudly answered, It is for them, the spirits, to come to me. Iamblichus asserted and proved in his own case, that our soul can attain communion with the highest intelligences, with natures loftier than itself, and carefully drove away from his theurgical ceremonies every inferior spirit, or bad demon, which he taught his disciples to recognize. Proclus, who elaborated the entire theosophy and theurgy of his predecessors into a complete system, according to Professor Wilder, believed with Iamblichus in the attaining of a divine power, which, overcoming the mundane life, rendered the individual an organ of the deity. He even taught that there was a mystic password that would carry a person from one order of spiritual beings to another, higher and higher, till he arrived at the absolute divine. Apollonius spurned the sorcerers and common soothsayers, and declared that it was his peculiar abstemious mode of life which produced such an acuteness of the senses and created other faculties, so that the greatest and most remarkable things can take place. Jesus declared man the Lord of the Sabbath, and at his command the terrestrial and elementary spirits fled from their temporary abodes, a power which was shared by Apollonius and many of the brotherhood of the Essenes of Judea and Mount Carmel. It is undeniable that there must have been some good reasons why the ancients persecuted unregulated mediums. Otherwise why, at the time of Moses and David and Samuel, should they have encouraged prophecy and divination, astrology and soothsaying, and maintained schools and colleges in which these natural gifts were strengthened and developed, while witches and those who divined by the spirit of O.B. were put to death? Even at the time of Christ, the poor oppressed mediums were driven to the tombs and waste places without the city walls. Why this apparent gross injustice? Why should banishment, persecution and death be the portion of the physical mediums of those days, and whole communities of thaumaturgists, like the Essenes, be not merely tolerated but revered? 
It is because the ancients, unlike ourselves, could try the spirits and discern the difference between the good and the evil ones, the human and the elemental. They also knew that unregulated spirit intercourse brought ruin upon the individual and disaster to the community. This view of mediumship may be novel and perhaps repugnant to many modern spiritualists, but still it is the view taught in the ancient philosophy, and supported by the experience of mankind from time immemorial. H.P. Blavatsky The I Am Discourses, Volume 14 This is the divine plan of creation from the beginning of mankind's embodiment in this world, and that's why human beings have been reminded again and again and again in every age, call unto me and I will answer thee. Why do you suppose mankind was told to call unto us, if we were not necessary? Mankind is not nearly as self-sufficient as it thinks it is, and the day you get rid of the idea that the outer self is the doer and the knower and so on, you will find a peace you have never known before, because you are going to have to, someday, sometime, somewhere recognize, admit, and remember that the heart flame of life is the knower, the giver, the doer, the manifester of every bit of perfection in the universe. And when you come to that point, then your intellect, the flame in the sevenfold flame in the forehead, and the heart flame within the heart become one flame, and you become the master of the sacred fire. The loved ones, mankind has had so many suggestions poured to the intellect down through the ages, that the confusion is amazing, that's the only thing I have to say. And don't accept that old phrase, no person is your friend, no one is your enemy, everybody is your teacher. Don't you believe it? The only teacher of eternal truth in the universe there is, is your beloved I am presence and the ascended host. Anything in anybody that is constructive is the mighty I am presence of that life stream. Every bit of anything constructive in anybody is the beloved I am presence, and that presence must be given credit. Then, if you need the assistance of someone else that, perhaps, has poured more time and energy into learning something than you have, and that person knows the truth or is doing that which is constructive, well, then whatever is constructive there, is the gift of the presence. So don't give that human thing credit that belongs to the presence or the ascended host. That's why the mighty Saint Germain said to you in the beginning of this instruction, if in every thought, feeling, word and act of the personal self, credit could be given to the mighty I am presence as the doer, miracles unbelievable would take place. I say the same thing to you tonight. If in everything you want to do, or that needs to be done or even that has been done, if it's a mistake, call our seven mighty Elohim sacred fires indestructible purifying love, wisdom, and power into the condition, and the violet consuming flame will consume the mistake. When you ask for the sacred fire to go into a condition, it contains every activity of the sacred fire. It contains the violet consuming flame, the unfed flame, the sevenfold flame of the seven mighty Elohim, and many other activities of the sacred fire that, as yet, you do not use in the physical octave or do not understand. No matter what has to be handled, the moment there is a problem to be handled, don't let the outer self dash into the problem. Turn it first to the mighty I am presence and the ascended host and call forth the seven mighty Elohim control of the problem, but control yourself first. And when you have found the master, when you feel our heart flames mastery within you, you will find everything in the outer obedient to you, even to the powers of nature and forces of the elements. Beloved Elohim Cassiopeia So, blessed ones, 
I give you an eternal gift of illumination tonight. I offer everything our hearts contain. I offer you not one thing that will ever produce discord in you or your world, and I offer you the freedom of eternity. And you cannot have the mighty Saint Germain's freedom in this world, freedom from human creation, freedom to take the ascension, until you recognize the sevenfold flame of the seven mighty Elohim in your forehead, and the unfed flame in your heart and that sevenfold flame have been blended as one, and when you do, you will make no more mistakes. You can just as well have that now as a year from now, or any other time. Please believe me enough to try it out, and our heart's flame inside of you, will automatically prove itself to you. This is why each one of the ascended host, over months past, has turned the attention of the I am student body again and again and again to the use of the heart flame, the heart authority, the heart command of life, the heart control of life, the heart victory over all in this world. We have given it to you again and again and again, in every way possible, and until the individuals use it, they will be in limitation and distress and lack, until they do. Now, I say one more thing. When you lack any good thing, please remember the supply of every good thing is in the heart flame of your beloved I am presence and the heart flames of the seven mighty Elohim of creation, in the heart flames of the ascended masters and cosmic beings. Everything that is given into this world is a gift of the heart flames of those great cosmic beings who have created this world, who sustain this world, who keep it in its orbit, who expand the blessings and the powers of nature, that mankind may have the blessings that love has given. Blessed ones, if you care to clothe yourselves or ask us to clothe you in our Aloham miracle mantle of the sevenfold flame of our love's complete control of manifestation, try it out. We are ready to prove the reality of our existence. We are ready to prove the power of our love in any condition in this world or any other, and love will prove itself the master presence of creation. The gift we give is eternal. It is the mastery over all in this world. You have to have it before you can attain your ascension, and it is the blessing of the power of creation for eternity, to create only that which is perfection, forever expanding, and fulfills the great divine plan. In its use you can never make a mistake. I think it's time you came to that freedom. Applause. Thank you. There is no freedom until you stop making mistakes. So we are part of the mighty Saint Germain's freedom to this nation and the world, freedom to life to attain the ascension. Blessed ones, as I leave you enfolded in my own heart's flame of what we know will bring you the fiery Christ illumining truth, wisdom, power, memory, and every faculty of perfection within you, we enfold you and hold you in our miracle mantle of love's mastery. And wherever you abide if you recognize this miracle mantle of love's mastery, you will know we are with you always. Accept it, use it, enter in, and have its victory over all in this world wherever you abide, until you come to us for eternity. Thank you with all my heart. Beloved Elohim Cassiopeia.